Welcome to the Playing the Game podcast with your hosts, Brock White and Cody Ransom. This podcast is the place for all things baseball, hunting, and entrepreneurship. These two guys have put in the work and have the stories and advice to back it up. Brock is a longtime business owner, and Cody played pro ball for over 18 years. Driven deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. A long home run for Cody Ransom. The one thing that brings these two guys together is hunting. Babe Ruth said it best. Never allow the fear of striking out to keep you from playing the game. This is the Playing the Game podcast, presented by Rolly White RV. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us tonight. We've got Brock White here and my buddy over there, Cody Ransom. What's going on? <laughs> We're back in the studio, also known as a home gym. Slash garage. Slash garage. Slash podcast studio. So, <clears throat> today we have a special guest. Excited to have him. When I started the podcast, I did, he was on the first list of who I wanted to interview. And that's because he has been a big inspiration for me on starting a podcast. And he has his own podcast. And I've been on it once. And it was a very good experience. I think we need to do a round two. Round two, maybe. Follow-up questions for all the crazy questions. <laughs> so, he's my buddy. And my phone, it says Social Media Jake. <laughs> he's also known as The Dirty Duner. Yeah, his podcast is The Dirty Duner Podcast. Not to be in the little emblem. Sometimes it gets mixed up with Dirty oh, Diner. gosh, dude. Dirty diner. Dirty diner show. Yeah, I get that one a lot. So, it's my buddy Jake. Jake, dude, I don't What's your last name? Coleman. Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> I am bad, like dude. Two weeks in a row, last <laughs> names. Robbie Eggers. Jake Coleman. Never forget. Thank you for coming. Thanks and for having me, man. Short notice. <laughs> I had my original guest bomb out on me. He's also my sister in law. <laughs> <laughs> So, short notice, he's able to come through. Appreciate you come out. Uh, one thing I've realized, man, is the uh, with my podcast is the short net the short notice guests are always the best one. And I'm not saying I'm going to be the oh, best one. Oh, pressure, right but there. like, I don't know. I'm sitting a little higher in my chair now. So. Dude, you are, man. Like you're like, <laughs> I know about these short notices. They turn out pretty good. Watch this. What? No, I listen to your guys' uh, I. We were just talking about this before we started. I listened to the one you guys did with Brad, who yep. is Brad White, and then I listened to Brock's. I haven't listened to the first one you guys did. And, Good. Um, Don't. It's cool to, no, man, it's cool to hear stories that, I mean, stories I've never heard before, or they're told different ways, and very cool. So Yeah, it's fun, because <clears throat> the first, first few guests were, you know, obviously, we interviewed each other, and um, got... I really like Cody's story. It's a good one. Inspirational for sure. And, you know, the point of this podcast is to inspire people to go out and do stuff. Like chase your dreams and, you know, overcome big odds. 
when people tell you you can't do it, that's a dumb idea, and then you prove them wrong. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's in any. I have I've had a couple of uh, you know parents of kids in the program or coaches with us or whatever listen to it, and they're, uh, they're like, "Dude, this is awesome." Oh, cool. cool. So let's go do something. Like, you know, go do it. Who cares? You know, and <clears throat> I was talking to um, some future guests that we're going to have on, and they're like, I don't feel qualified. I'm like, you are qualified. You know, it doesn't have to be this mega superstar that I'm interested in. I'm interested in the person that just makes it happen and chase their dreams. And if that dream happens to not make them a lot of money, that's fine. Thing is, they're doing what their dreams, and we want people to do what they dream of. And so, for me, I saw your podcast. I've listened to it. It's a very niche podcast. It is, yeah. So, if you don't like off-roading, do you think you like your podcast? Um, I think yes, and I think you just would have to pick and choose the guests. Some of the guests go through, you know, you're not going to listen to all 120 shows that I've done because some of them are like, some of them are very similar to, and these are the best ones I think, but you know, imagine, you know, us, we're sitting around a campfire at the sand dunes, you know, it's those kind of stories. Yeah. And then some of them are guys, uh, business owners like yourself and Cody that are, they just, they tell their story of, you know, their heartache and how they got to business and, the 15 million times they almost failed. Um, so, I mean, my podcast is very niche in the sense that it is, it's for the off-road world. But, I mean, there's been some good entrepreneurial stories that have come out of it. I've had some really successful people on it. I've had some people that are still, you know, working at being successful. They're still, you know, trying to find their niche, I guess. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the main thing with my podcast is I wanted to tell a story. And I wanted to tell the, the, the I wanted to tell a story because I'm interested in the story. No, I, I like when you, I had you on, I liked hearing, you know, how you, I'd never heard how Rolly White became to be. Yeah. So, and same with Brad, like I know Br- how long Brad's been along or along for the ride, but I'd never really heard, you know, how he ended up at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. And so let's rewind when we met. Do you remember that time? Um, I remember the first couple of times we met. And I didn't know you were Brock. I didn't know that you were the owner when we first got, the first time we met. So that's perfect. I don't want anyone to think I'm an owner of yeah. anything. Like, I do not want that, like, because I guess that drives me crazy. You go into a business and, like, you can spot the owner. Like, it's that guy. Look at how he's <laughs> talking to everybody. And what do you think, Cody? Yeah, that's not, like, I hate when people know that, like, even our youth side, like the program and the, the training side, like, my name's associated with it, so if I'm not around, then it's like, where's he at? You know, and like, the program's a program, and the 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 business is the business, whether I'm there or not. I mean, the employees are what makes it work run anyway, and uh, so I, like I have a problem that people always expect me to be there, and so I'd rather not be the. F- I'm cool being the face of it or whatever you want to call it, but like they need to understand that whether I'm there or not, it's going to run itself. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, you know, that's what I've noticed with really why is that <clears throat> my employees are awesome and you guys are what make it happen. I mean, Jake works for me, Jake Coleman. He actually has a interesting role. He works with brother Joe. 
and some weird turn of events. <laughs> but, you know, he used to work at a different lot and like, hey, let's see well those two work together since Brock did really well with his older brother. Let's try this out. <laughs> but, you know, you guys have really made it happen. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's uh, so I full time. I've been at Rolly White for almost two and a half years, just under two and a half years. Yeah, it seems it doesn't seem that long. And like I would say, it's always been fun to work at Rolly White. It's been, it's changed my life. It's made me think of work like differently. Hey, let's stop for a second. Let's rewind. Okay, who was Jake before the Dirty Dinner? Um. Okay, well, you know, a little backstory. I don't have a very interesting story, but um, I'm from Mesa, Arizona. Um, I've got a wonderful wife, four kids. Uh, I went on a I went on a church mission, and this is kind of getting into why the dunes is so important to me. I went on a church mission, and I came back, and I met my wife. I didn't know her before my church mission. And our first date was to the dunes. And oh, bef- yeah. before that, I'd been to the dunes, like, as a, as a teenager. Yeah. But our first date was to the dunes. Did she bring you the dunes? So kind of funny story. Um, we, me and my wife, uh, when I got home from my church mission, I, had, I was working at, I mean, I was broke as could be. I had no money to my name. And I was working a side job. I was working at a farmer's market selling produce on the weekends. It was cash, and I was using it to try to save for a vehicle. And uh, she was trying to pay off some student loan debt. And so she somehow ended up working there too. And so we started talking and, um, you know, it was like kind of brought up. We worked a couple together a couple times. And then Thanksgiving 2010, um, she knew I liked going to the dunes. Uh, she, she called me and she's like, hey, my family just left to go to the dunes. They didn't have room for me to go with them. Um, she's like, how do you feel about going to the dunes tonight? I was like, well, I don't have a vehicle that runs. I had a quad at the time. I was like, I don't have anything that runs. She's like, perfect. My dad has a seat in a sand car. I'm like, all right. Well, I mean, we, you know, when do you want to leave? She's like, well... I live in Santan Valley, you live in Mesa. By the time I get to you, uh, you should be ready, right? I'm like, perfect, you driving? She's like, well, no, we need to take your truck. Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And, uh, you know, it was the first time we'd ever, like, hung out outside of working this little side job. And, you know, we left for, a, you know, like four or five-day weekend and oh, went so to the dunes went, with like, her family. Oh, you went with her family mm-hmm. first date. Mm-hmm. Wow, really Really weird. Yeah. Like I told my parents, I went in, I was still living at home. I went in, I walked in my, you know, it's Thanksgiving day. We're all sitting around, you know, everyone's visiting and I'm like, all right, dad, I'm, I'm taking off. He's like, where are you going? I was like, uh, I'm going to the dunes. He's like, with who? <laughs> like who, who is this? Like they'd never met my wife. They'd never like knew yeah. that I was even talking to her. Like for four, not done for four days. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, my dad was like, um, all right. He's like, you're 21 years old. Like. You know what you're doing. And uh, so, yeah, our first date was a four-day weekend, five-day weekend at the Dunes with her family. Um. And ever since then, we've been together ever since then. And, like, the Sand Dunes have always had a different meaning to me because I'm like, well, that's kind of where our story started. And so it was like, well, it always, I always want to have some kind of involvement. Yeah. Um, and then I worked for Boeing for a few years after we'd been married for a few years. And um, I was working for Boeing, and I was so bored. Um my job at Boeing was super boring, and so I started listening to podcasts. And it's, it's funny because there's a C10 park behind us. I started listening to this podcast called C10 Talk. The guy's a firefighter. 
he lives in Chandler here. And I was like, very cool, very cool. He just has this podcast about C10 trucks. That's all he talks about. All he talks about. Very niche. Very niche. And so I was like, one day I walked in from work and like Boeing, I just, I, my mind would race all day long because it was just building the same parts over and over again. I told my wife, I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. And she goes, what? She's like, do you know anything about a podcast? I'm like, I listen to them. <laughs> and she's like, well, what's your podcast going to be about? I'm like, the sand dunes. And I, there was this one episode of C10 Talk, and I, I said, listen to this one and then tell me I can't start a podcast. And it was like a 30-minute show he did with a, a guy who had just finished a truck, like very similar to your truck. Yeah. And all he did is he had the guy on. He <coughs> talked about the guy's like 10-year build and, you know, the, you know, the attachment he had to the truck, what it meant. And she's like, okay, you could do this. And um, my first episode I did uh, was actually uh, there's a guy in the valley. What's up? Go ahead. I know the guy. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, I know him. Okay. okay. Oh, actually, no. My first episode, my, my second episode I did was a, a guy in the Valley, Joe Fab. Oh, but who is the first? Let's talk about the first. Not the first was a, a customer of Rolly White's. Customer of Rolly White's. Yes. Yes. But, and my, my thing was, I was like, oh, this guy, this Joe Fab is his name. I'm like, he's a pretty big player. I can do this. Like, if I can... He invited me over. We sat in an environment like this, and he's, I was like, if I can nail this guy down, I can get can anyone. I, can I tell the listeners what our nickname for Joe Fab is? Or is that off limits? No, go for it, dude. So we nicknamed Joe Fab. He built San Limo. He's, like, been in the sand dune world for how long? Oh, 40 years, maybe? 40 years. And he thinks he – so he came in to buy a trailer, and when he came in, he's like, you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Who are you? you I'm Joe Fab. His name's not Joe Fab. I don't even know his last name, dude. Just like you don't know my last name. Yeah. I don't even know his last Joe name. Joe Fab. I don't think anyone knows his last name. It's just Joe Fab. Oh, I actually do. It's, I, I know his last name. What? Joe, yeah, what, Joe Schmidt. Schmidt or Joe Schmitty. Yeah. So I'm Joe Fab. He refers to him as Joe Fab. He's yeah. to himself as Joe Fab. And he has Third a, person. Oh, yeah. I'm Sick. Joe Fab. My favorite, and he has a skullet. A what? Yeah. Just, just not just a skullet though, like a bleached blonde skullet. Skullet. Can you explain what a skullet is? I mean, it has to be seen to believe. He's got a lot of bit, like a regular mullet. I mean, you're talking about a little bit of business in the front and a little bit of party in the back. Like yeah. he's got a lot of business in the front, and then you know, still some party in the like back. Shiny, yeah, yeah, dude, and it's. He's very proud of it. He's Bless so proud heart. of it. Yeah. And he is, he just thinks he's, like, he walks on water. <laughs> like, you go out to the sand dunes, he has, like, a little shop, and you come in. He's like, oh, yeah, you need my help, huh? <laughs> oh, you want that part? Oh, man, it's so hard. Changing a tire. That's $200 to do that. One tire. Yeah, it's one tire, Joe. I'm Joe Fab. <laughs> yeah. hands have touched it. Do you know if I put my hand on this, it's a hundred dollars. <laughs> I don't even know if I can do the work, but if I can, I'll try. If I can, it'd be a miracle if I could change this tire. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. You got Joe Fab. Yeah, and so that was kind of like after after that. 
I just kind of felt I was like, all right, if I can, you know, he's a pretty big player in the in the sand world. Um, if I can get him on, you know, it, it really boosts my confidence because we we're you were talking earlier about, you know, I reached out to so and so and yeah, they're going to come on the podcast. And I, that was my biggest fear was starting a podcast was reaching out. I had reaching out to people like and especially like in the world of social media, like you don't have to text or call or email someone anymore. So you just DM them, send them a DM. DM. Yep. Would you like to be on the podcast? Yep. So, like, yeah, you've had some really awesome people in your podcast. Yeah. Some big time and racers it, and mm-hmm. big players in the industry. It's really cool. And it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's really weird to say this, but it, me starting a podcast has changed my life. Um, and it hasn't made me rich. It hasn't made me like, famous but it has changed my life and it's it's opened up my eyes to you know i could i can do whatever i want like yeah. i put my mind to it i taught myself how to podcast off of youtube i bought like a 60 dollar microphone and headset off of amazon and i just kind of ran with it yeah i asked a guy what to buy he told me what to buy i bought it and then i remember i was like hey cody it's podcast i haven't even set it up yet <laughs> No. <laughs> Never used it, nothing. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Okay. And so he, I knew he was coming over that night. <clears throat> so I set it up. I'm like, uh, what do you do from here? <laughs> <laughs> I think you hit record. Um, there's this record button. And then I, like, I couldn't hear myself on the microphone. I was like, check, check, check. <laughs> I was like, okay, which one turns this up here? <laughs> and then I, I, I looked at YouTube. To see how to use this thing. You can learn anything that way now. Yeah. It's amazing. In Fix anything, phone. learn anything. It doesn't matter. It's with our customers at work all the time. I'll have a customer call me, and you probably did this too. We have Tanner. With oh, us. we Tanner's got my brother Tanner. He's here. Yeah. Just say, sit in. You know, I, <laughs> I actually have a piece for you to talk about later. <laughs> so oh I got a piece he doesn't know about. Actually, it's going to be the tech review. <laughs> He's part of the tech review. So Tanner's a big dooner too. Yeah. He's actually the craziest driver I've ever seen. He's the only person I've ever seen to do, have tracks in the dunes where it's one set of tracks. There's not two sets of tracks. So you always see either see two or three, right? Like a three-wheeler or four-wheeler. And I come up around this dune, and you go around this bowl, and you see it's fresh sand, and you see one track going around the bowl. But he's on a quad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this, it didn't end well. Tanner, this is one tire fire all the way across the bowl. You said it didn't end well? <laughs> no, and this, I'm like, I'm like this oh, is no. scary, dude. This is one. I see one wheel, and Brad was with me. I was in my sand car, and I'm driving. I'm like, oh, dude. Oh, bro. And I come around. I come around this bowl. He's face down in the sand. <laughs> and the quad's like 20 yards that way. I'm like, oh, dude, he's dead. Dude, this kid's dead, man. His pat, his pants, he's wearing pants. Only pair of pants he brought were torn, like, from the, the pocket in the back, just ripped and all the way, like, all the way down. It's like, he's got his ass cheeks showing. I was like, he's laying face down in the sand. Face down. Face down. Showing. I'm like, dude, he's the dead. bars went straight into my thighs. He's dead, dude. And I, I get up there. He's like, hey, guys. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you found me. 
So he jumps on the quad, starts it. Panel bar's a little bent because it went into his butt cheek. <laughs> Anyways, only person, only human I've ever seen do one track. That's pretty impressive. One track on a four-wheeler. It's not recommended. I mean, it's you can do a wheelie and have two tracks, right? A wheelie, yeah. two track. But, like, to do a wheelie and then... While sliding. Sliding. <laughs> kind of weird. Got a little weird. Anyways, that's sorry. Impressive. That's who Tanner is. Sorry for interrupting you, Jay. Oh, you're good. I was just going to say, like, YouTube is, uh, I, even customers through work that we sell toy haulers to, they'll call me about a question. I'm like, hey, there's a really good video on YouTube. Here you go. <laughs> YouTube, which we're actually going to start. You don't know this, but we're going to do a really white YouTube <laughs> channel. You don't know this. You were, he wasn't at work today, oh. so I didn't get to talk to him. Preparing for the podcast. Preparing. I gave him a set of <laughs> zero that's questions. Why, that's why he's the ultimate guest. <laughs> ultimate guest. So, podcasting changed your life. And, it, you know, to be honest, like, when I met you, when I heard about you, it was like the pretty girl on the block. Like, <laughs> wow. which wow. what rich RV dealership is going to snag this guy up? Before, because you know we're a toy hauler dealer, like he fits in perfect with us. Like we need to align ourselves with this guy. There, there was, and there was like, (laughs) yeah, there's three dealerships. Two deal. Well, at the time, there's two. Yeah, there was when I when I met you guys, there was two dealerships that I knew other people at that were like, hey, you should, you should start running with us. Yeah, come on, bro, we're here. And I was like, hey, yeah. We wanted. We definitely wanted to make sure that we were your main dealership, oh. and then that turned into a job. Yep. And you know, and Jake's, you started. In my opinion, you started kind of from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you got a great job right off the bat. You kind of came to us and said, "Hey, kind of want to work there," and kind. Of, Go through it with us. What like what was the experience? Starting? I got I got let go from Boeing in the summer of 2018, and um, it was, and at this point, like Brad, um, Brad had kind of already talked to me about, hey, you know, if you ever want to change in career, like, you know, we'd like to have you work with us. And I was like, <laughs> I'll be honest, I was like, selling RVs, yeah, man, or you know, working on RVs, not for me. Like they're cool, but. I didn't really ever, I'm out. Like, that was kind of my thought. Um, And when I got let go from Boeing, I remember I walked, it was the day of my 29th birthday. Um, My wife had got put on bed rest. She was pregnant with our fourth kid. And I walked in the door, and our AC in our house was out in the middle of July. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I walked in the house. My wife's like, why are you home early? And I was like, I got let go today. And she's like, well, you've been talking for like the last two years that you were very unhappy. She's like, this is best case scenario. And she go, and she said, you know, maybe this is the time you call Brad and Brock. And I, I kind of said, you know what? I just need to take a step back. Like this is, I really like the culture of really white. Um, but I didn't want to jump into something that I felt was not the right fit for me. Yeah. And I stayed home for a few weeks and, and then I reached out to you guys and I said, Hey, you know, if is there anywhere you guys could hire me for? And I started at the West lot, um, which was a huge blessing. And I did ads and I helped Brock and Brad with 
random stuff and I did some social media work and I traveled a little bit and I mean that first year of working at Really White was um, I didn't really care about the money because I had fun I enjoyed the people I worked with it was I mean it was just very humbling um, and then I kind of realized I'm like man this is it's not about the money but you know everyone that works here they do well for themselves and it it wasn't just that they do well for themselves they have nice trucks or they have nice toys it was everyone seemed legitimately happy. And that was a huge eye-opener for me because I had worked for six years at Boeing with people that were miserable. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I like this place. And I remember like six months after working at Really White, Brad called me one day and he's like, hey, we need an answer. And I was like, what do you mean you need an answer? He's like, are you going to stick around? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean am I going to stick around? Like, I work for you. you. You paid me yesterday. Yeah. And he's like, well, like... I don't want to put any pressure on you, but we need an answer. There's going to be some moves in the company in the next year, and we want to know if we can count on you. And I was like, no one's ever asked me that before. Like, are you going to work here still? Are you going to stick around? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, man. Like, no, it, it wasn't even like a question in my mind. Yeah. Um, you know, at that point, I had been humbled. I, I felt very blessed to, like, I felt like when I came to you guys, I was broken. I really did. Like, I felt like, I, I felt like I was going to work at Boeing for the rest of my life. And then I kind of like felt like I came to you guys with my, my tail between my legs and no one made me feel like that. Well, I didn't look at you that way. Yeah. But no one made me feel like that. Like I, I'd felt like I'd failed my family. I'd felt like I'd failed, you know, my wife who was pregnant and it was, I mean, it was really hard. I was in a bad mental place when I started here yeah. and it was, it was a blessing. And ever since then, it's been a huge blessing in my life. And I'm not just saying that because you're my boss and you're sitting yeah, next to me. So No, I appreciate that. I I think I remember that conversation I had with Brad and we knew we needed to shake up the cells because there were some people that needed not to be in cells. And we knew at some point they weren't going to be there. We knew we didn't know how it was gonna happen, but we just knew something was gonna happen. And they Everything always works out on their own. I've noticed I haven't really had to fire many people because they kind of just work out. Mm -hmm. And when it worked out, I think uh, you moved to North. Mm -hmm. We we did some shake-up, and the idea was like, hey, is Jake here long-term? Because if he is, then we're going to invest time in training and yeah. put a lot, you know, we'll make him, uh, you know, one of the guys. If he's not wanting that, because we didn't know if he wanted to do that. Yeah. Because not, sales isn't for everybody. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's great. It's pretty hard, isn't it? It's, <clears throat> I don't it's know if hard's. It's it demanding. Did. That's Tanner, the right word right there. Demanding. Tanner was in sales for how long? We were in sales for. Put the mic. Put yeah, I, was, I was in sales for two years. Yeah, two years, and yeah, it's not. It's mentally, you you have to be mentally tough. It's it's weird because you have these lulls, right? And then you have these rushes that are crazy, but it's really mentally. Grinding. I would say grinding is the, for me, when I was sold, I looked at sales as a grind. Mm -hmm. 
because you you got you have to keep doing it doing it because every month it resets you gotta start over uh, working in sales at really white it's like <laughs> the biggest problem that you have and i've realized this is um people walk in the door thinking that you're a used car salesman and really white sales culture is so different but they walk in the door and they're like all right how are you gonna screw me Yes, and they just want to take advantage yep. of you. Yep, I've heard they, that. And uh, like, the what four or five people we've talked to that work for you have heard that exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and people like I remember, <coughs> I was sitting in front of this lady, and um, Brad had just done the math wrong, and it was five hundred dollars off, and I was just. Ex- you know, I sat down in front of the customer and I just kind of showed them how, you know, it's our fault. I just want you to know, like, and see what we can do. And the wife was sitting next to him and she started freaking out (laughs) and crying. You're going to screw us. (laughs) And I was like, whoa. And he's like, hey, she has dealership anxiety. Like, as if, like, she was diagnosed with this. I was like, is that a thing? <laughs> oh, dude, it's... <laughs> it should be. It, <laughs> it, I can't believe, like... <clears throat> She's taking medicine for this. Don't worry. Don't mind <laughs> It her. has to be a thing, dude, because people... Um, and this is really what hooked me into the culture of Really White is, like, people just come in the doors and they, they're autom- they're looking... Like, there's that fence is up. They're like, um, you know, you'll give someone, you know, the price of what the trailer is going to be. And, you know, you can, I, you can break it down for them. This is what's going to happen. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to pick up your trailer this day. You're going to sign paperwork this day. And they're like, all right, they'll look at it. Okay, well, where's this fee? We don't have that fee. Where is this fee? Like, they're just looking for, like, okay, how is this guy? And I feel and customers come in and they dissect people that work at Really White, not just sales guys, even more, because they're like, this, this isn't real. Like, this can't be true. Yeah. When we come to pick it up, it's going to be different. And then they come, and it's the same. You're like, gotcha. Yep. <laughs> we got you. It's all the same. It's such a good feeling when things go smooth because, like, the customers leave, and they're like, well, I can really just leave now? Like, you're not going to hit me with a $3,000 finance charge in two weeks? You're not going to call me and ask for $5,000 down more? Like, no, you signed right here. Like, It's yours. Yeah. And Actually, we want you to leave because <laughs> we got customers right behind you. <laughs> like, You're blocking the entrance. Yeah. You're blocking the entrance. Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah. No, like, you fit really well into the culture, too. So it's not, it's a, you know, it's a merit. It's a partnership. Mm. And that's why the salesmen that work for me, or with me, I should say, it's, I'm sure you feel somewhat of, like, you've been part of the growth. Absolutely. And everybody that works there should feel that way, because they are. And it's not me. And it's not Brad. It's everybody, you know. And I don't have the influence I used to. I get to deal with the stuff that, just think of what no one wants to deal with, and that's now what I get to do. <laughs> it's usually like, hey, can who can pick this trailer up? Oh, you can't. You can't. Hold on, let me call Brock. Nobody here can. Can't oh, try, you don't want drive to? Drive to Iowa and go get this, will you? You don't want that? I you need don't you back do by that? tomorrow. You don't want to do that? Okay, no one can do it here? Wink, wink. 
<laughs> I could. I don't really want to. I don't want to put the miles on my truck. <laughs> we'll call Brock. Oh, okay, he'd do it. We're good. Yeah, it's <clears> – you definitely fit in. You definitely worked your way up. And how have you integrated the podcast with work? How have you, like, integrated it, but at the same time, like, separated it? Um, and so, really, how I guess how I've integrated it is – I've been able, it's, it's made me be able to make customers friends. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, I want to, I say this in the most humble way possible, <clears throat> but like when I first got into sales, I used my podcast a lot to draw customers in. Oh, for sure. And it was kind of one of those things where I was like, man, should I be, should I be doing this? Because I was like, this isn't fair. Like, why is it not fair? And that's where I was wrong. I'm thinking that. And so when I was in sales, I just kind of like, when I first got into sales, I, you know, that's how I integrated it is, you know, we would have a really good deal on a used unit and I would post it on my social media. You know, I was like, okay, maybe I'm not good at cold calling people, but I, I can make a post about it. And, you know, I would sell it the next day or sell it two days later. And that's kind of how I integrated it. And then as I got further along, I was like, okay, maybe I don't need to post stuff on my, on the podcast, social media. I mean, but maybe I can use it to stay friends with these customers to give them that warm, fuzzy feeling afterwards. Yeah. And it, it's been amazing for me because I've had some customers that were not pleasant, you know, when I was dealing with them when they were buying a trailer. And I tell them about the podcast or they'll ask, hey, are you going to go to this event? Yeah, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do some podcasts with people. What, you do a podcast? And then they start following stuff that I do. And they see that I'm a real person. Yeah. And then it's like when they have a service issue, and I'm the first person they call, they, they come at me a different way. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's really, it's taken a, a lot of the, the stress away from, because at the end of the day, like, I don't, you know, I know about trailers. I know what they do. I know the options on them. But I don't really know, you know, digging deep into them. I don't really know, like, the main things that go wrong or how to fix a heater or, you know. Well, here's the thing is that you're, Owning your, like, limitations mm -hmm. instead of lying to a customer and giving them some answer, you're just being honest. And that's something that customers like. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's, I don't know. Yeah. But I can find out for you. Or I'll give you to somebody that does know. So, that's a great quality. I've had customers that have we talked about DMing a few minutes ago and yeah. I think sometimes they, some people are scared to pick up the phone and call someone. So I'll get a DM. Hey, this is so-and-so. I bought a trailer from you. Hey, you know, I've got this going on. And then I, you know, and then I put the ball back in their court. Hey, give me your phone number. I'll call you tomorrow and let's figure this out. Yeah. Where I feel like another dealer, any other RV dealer I've heard of, like they'll just say, Hey, here's the number for the service department. Uh, call them. You know, they don't want to deal with them. So, so, like, the whole DM thing, I haven't even thought about DMing anybody about a <laughs> podcast. Now you have everybody's phone number, though, so you just, just call them. Yeah. You're a big phone talker guy, though. I don't like, I don't like text. No, I you like, talk I like, on the phone. He talks, yeah. but he never calls back. <laughs> <laughs> but when you get him, he talks. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I do. I like the traditional phone call. Like, yeah. I have a hard time with the new way of deals going down. People text the entire deal. And I am a traditionalist. Like, you call them. And I will tell the sales guy that every time. Oh, you have a problem? Call them. Call them. But these guys are proving me wrong, man. They can do a whole deal through DMing and texting. It's crazy. Text them until they show up. <laughs> I would never, like. Coming? Are you coming? Are you <laughs> coming? <laughs> I'm waiting. ETA, How far? Five minutes? Yeah. The, the guy tapping his watch. <laughs> Send me a picture of your social security card. Like, I, deals have gone all the way through and never even shown up. Uh, dude, I have customers that don't even have my phone number. They just DM you. Or, yeah, the DM me or Facebook Messenger. Like, uh, it's just, it blows my mind how social media and new technology has just changed everything. Tired of going different places to get all you want? Looking for a program that offers everything? Are you interested in training, nutrition, baseball, softball, after-school youth programs, hunting, or charity work? One Performance is an all-inclusive program that offers training, advising, instruction, and opportunity for everyone, from the beginner to the professional. With a staff compiled of some of the best in their fields, impressive backgrounds, and an unmatched passion for teaching and giving back, One Performance is the first of its kind in Arizona. With the connections and background we have in the baseball community on a local and national level, from T-ball to the major leagues, One Performance offers teams known as Arizona National BPA, opportunity for instruction, gameplay, and development in every aspect of the game, both physically and mentally. The staff at One Performance Training are some of the finest in their respective fields. They strive to educate, motivate, and assist every athlete in maximizing their abilities. Whether you're looking for an opportunity for a young athlete or a seasoned professional to surround themselves with like-minded coaches, mentors, and athletes, One Performance is the family you're looking for. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Ready for an escape? Ready for an adventure? Do you want to camp, hunt, hit the dunes, or just relax on the beach? Ruly White RV is the number one toy hauler dealer in Arizona for the past five years running. With a no-pressure culture and no dealer fees, they guarantee you a great price and a great experience as you purchase your very own toy hauler or travel trailer. Ruly White is family-owned and operated and has now expanded to five locations, including Mesa, West Phoenix, North Phoenix, Flagstaff, and Idaho Falls, Idaho. Whether you're looking for a toy hauler or travel trailer, fifth wheel or bumper pole, Rolly White can get you what you're looking for. They carry all the big names, including Genesis Supreme, Vortex, Attitude, Wolfpack, Raptor, Forest River, and the newly released Wanderer by Genesis. We all want to beat the heat or just escape the craziness and get outdoors. Let Rolly White help you get there by visiting any of our locations or checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, and online at rollywhite.com. I was very, very interested in social media, and I was, I, I knew the, very, I knew the basics, just past the basics, and Brock and Brad, gave me the chance to really learn social media, well, and that was huge for me because we suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, buddy, I saw your post. They're a hundred times better than mine. Take over the whole account. <laughs> we suck. But that was huge. Like, I didn't know you guys very long. I, I think I 
it was the first. It was probably I think it was the first time I met you. Was it Supercross? The first Supercross I went to you guys with you guys. Um, no. So that's kind of. I don't know when I first met you. No, I don't know. I don't. No, <laughs> first time I met you was at the Sancho. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. You, yeah, I was that. We were at Sancho, and Supercross was like two weeks later than two weeks after that. Yeah, we gave away the trailer, mm-hmm. and I saw you walking around like with the GoPro on a gimbal or something. You're like, <laughs> like, who's this dude? <laughs> this guy must be important. He was a GoPro walking around. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, so I met you guys at the Sancho. Supercross was a few weeks later, and. Brad just called me, like, randomly on, like, a Thursday. He's like, hey, you busy this Saturday? No, I'm not busy. Um, do you want to come out to Supercross with us? We, we got tickets. I'm like, sounds good. And uh, I remember, yeah. like, rolling up to Supercross. Um, the start of the courtship right there. That's it. <laughs> the courtship. You knew what he was doing. <laughs> you know, we're just, we're just, you know, buttering you up. <laughs> well, and Brad literally said, he's like, hey, call Sam. I'm like, who's Sam? He's like, Sam has the passwords for social media. I want you to do the social media today. And I was like... Huh? Yeah, do it. Do and it. it was, I mean, that was really cool for me, though, because it yeah. was, um, you know, it really broke down that barrier of, like, there's, I don't need to, I don't need to get to know you. Brock, or Brad already kind of, like, trusted me with, hey, we already have this company, like, just represent us well. Yeah, and Brad, if, honestly, like, if Brad really trusts somebody, then they're good in my book. Like, he has pretty high standards. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm poor. I'm probably more likely to bring some kind of shady character around, <laughs> and then they tell me, "Hey, dude, what are you doing? Get rid of this guy." So, um, yeah, like I'm. I remember when we made that sponsor. We sponsored your podcast, yeah. and it was like a no-brainer for us. It was like absolutely, we want to do this for you, and we we're really excited for you. And that built my confidence like no one will ever understand. Yeah. So. No, it's like you have this great podcast. It fits into our culture. It fits into what we're trying to preach and the people we're trying to reach. We definitely want to be on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And we want to be with you on the road because we know you travel all the time. And <clears throat> so how hard is it now that you work like, it's not like Boeing. Like, I have a friend, another friend that works for Boeing, and, like, I don't know if he really works for them because he's never there. <laughs> he's, like, he supposedly works for them. might not want to say his name. I'm not going to mention his name, but, like, he's my friend. And, like, the job is not demanding. And I think he has more side jobs than he does at Boeing. But, so, I can only imagine... That culture compared to this, like, you grind it out till the last customer walks through the door kind of thing. And now you still run a podcast. How do you do it? Um, it, it goes back to integration. Um, you know, I did, when I first got into sales at Really White, I did a lot of this stuff. I did a lot of 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. Um <coughs> And something my wife has always said to me is, she's like, the reason you work for Rolly White is because of your podcast. She's like, so if you drop the podcast, 
Like that's bad karma. That's bad feels, bad vibes on your part. And I mean, when COVID first started, we were super, super busy. I mean, we weren't getting home until seven or eight o'clock at night. You know, we were there by seven or eight o'clock in the morning and it was hard. I thought to myself, okay, maybe I'll take a break from this podcast because I was like, I just like, (laughs) there was no time. I wasn't seeing my kids. I was seeing my kids for like an hour a night. And I like, I knew what the sacrifice was. I knew what I was doing. But I was like, really, I'm going to try to do a podcast in the middle of that? Like, and so there's been times where the, not so much that the job's demanding, it's just the longer hours. Uh, but that's always been in the back of my head is like, hey, these guys took a chance on you. Uh, Roy White, you know, they took a chance on me. They trusted me that, you know, I was going to represent them on this podcast. And I've had other, you know, sponsorships through the podcast, <laughs> and they're always important to me. But Roy White's been the most important to me because, like, like I said, it, that was the boost of confidence I needed at the right time. And I was like, okay, I, if I anything, I do the podcast because <clears throat> of Rolly White. Well, and to be honest, like for us, like we haven't regretted one day our relationship with you. Like no. you give us a lot. We get a lot of money for a buck, a whatever. Like I don't, I said that wrong. How do you say that, Cody? Come on, help talking me about out. bang for the buck. Yes, for the buck. there, there we is. go. We get a lot of bang. We knew for the buck. everybody knew what you meant, man. I, I'm, people <laughs> should know that. I like a lot of money for the buck. <laughs> I'm a little dyslexic. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we feel very grateful to have you part of the team and to sponsor. Like, very grateful that we're that you let us. We knew you had other options, and that was probably a decision that was not easily attained because there's some other people that were really hustling. <laughs> they were hustlers, man. <laughs> Trailer salesmen are the worst, dude. <laughs> they are snakes, dude. They will. <laughs> You've told me. They will go behind your back. You will have a deal done, and then all of a sudden they're DMing them. These people is like, how do you find out <laughs> about them? They're DMing these people. They are. Facebook messaging these people. They go on forums. and They're oh, learning the lingo now. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, and then they go forum. on the forums, right? Yeah. And then yeah. they say, hey, I'm buying a trailer from really white. And all of a sudden, they get a personal message from this other salesman. I can beat really white's prices. Come <laughs> <laughs> do it. Oh, I will, I will do free delivery even though I'm not in the same area code. <laughs> Actually, no. just kidding. No free delivery. <laughs> Man, I have a PDI fee and doc fee. Uh, but you already signed. Sorry. Yep. You gave me 5000 down in your face. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> There's a word. The only people worse are forklift salesmen. They're the worst by far. Oh, I, w- I was listening to your story of the forklift salesman when you guys bought. Uh, you have no idea. The wasp nest you get yourself into when you go visit three forklift dealerships. <laughs> but if anybody's listened to the podcast so far, you get some. Even if you're not in the market, yeah, no. But you guys had it quite the uh, forklift. Yeah, the track for- right forklift games. <laughs> yeah, forklift games. Like That's what I was you for. might not be interested in a forklift, but you should be, because you could talk them in. To drop in three forklifts off, and then all of a sudden you're racing them down the street with your buddies. 
I was a little disappointed when I came to work here, dude, because I I thought there was a lot more like shenanigans, like four there was. Races. <laughs> it used to be. It used to be. We got dirt bike like, races, maybe pit bike races, races, golf cart hot laps. There was a, we got reined in a little bit. <laughs> Actually, a lot of it. They caged me up. I don't know if people know. Like, I wasn't allowed to start a podcast for a good two years after I took PC lessons. Oh, I got told by someone else that I, I couldn't help you start a podcast. Oh, yeah, from somebody, well, a, a very mutual friend. <laughs> I think we all know He didn't he say, is. he didn't say, <laughs> oh, he can't told help me. Brock, but he told me, I told Brock that he, he cannot use you to help start a podcast. <laughs> he told, I told him, I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. He's like, advice back then. Yeah. And then he came to me like a week later. I've been really thinking about this. I've been losing sleep. You cannot start a podcast. <laughs> you can't start one. Like, you're going to. You're going to ruin everybody. <laughs> I was like, I just need to add, has he been on the show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can really narrow that down. Well, nobody could, knows yet what could episode be me, number we're on. Or, you know. Could have been me. Could have been Cody. Like, hey, you're not ready. <laughs> you were not ready. Until I come along. <laughs> now I'm here. You're good. I got to yeah. say, though, like, you, start- guys, you guys starting this together, though, like, that's, it's, I wish that I would have started my podcast with someone else because especially like you guys have totally different like spectrums on life. Like you do things that are completely unrelated for business. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think really like brings me close with Cody is because I like he finds my work interesting, which is really weird. (laughs) And I find his work interesting so, what do you think? Cody? Yeah, I have work, right? <laughs> I, I just do stuff all day. It keeps me busy. Yeah. I think, like, it it holds you accountable, though. Yeah, you know it what does. I mean. Like, like tonight, you know, like you were talking about time. Uh, my job right now is my real job, I guess you would call it, <laughs> is coaching for the Diamondbacks, right? Okay. So, um, like, that's got me going from six in the morning to after the game at what, five p.m. or whatever, and you get home, and then the youth stuff is at the house and or facility or field or whatever and you get done and run over here after so i i get the the being away from the family and the yeah. kids and the wife and and it's hard on them and it's uh, it's uh harder on me not getting to see <laughs> see them all the time you know and but you, you find time for it you know like uh, you make you find an hour here two hours here and, and you do what's important and it's uh it's uh it's been great like i've the stories that i've heard you know, with the guys we've had so far, yours included, are like, they're motivational for me. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're very different than my life's been. Um, <clears throat> but it, it's kind of cool to see people, like, overcome stuff. And, I mean, you were talking about, you know, losing your job and kind of, I've been released. I've been, you know, through my career, released, yeah. fired, basically, I mean, I played for 11 teams, so, like, you I, know, I, I, I looked was at kicked your, out quite a few I times. I looked at your Wikipedia last night, and, like, I was looking through the minor league stuff, and I was like, oh, wow, like, he played for a lot of different minor league teams. And, like, I kind of understand how baseball works, but obviously not, like, mm-hmm. how you understand it. And I was like, man, like, this guy really, like, it goes back to that word grind. Like, oh, yeah. he stuck with it and had to grind. And I was like, okay, okay, I don't, I've never met him, but I can respect this. I call it kind of stupid, like, you know, not knowing how to give up. So I played for 11 minor league teams and eight major league teams. Okay. So over 18 years. And it was like, you know, it was a job for me. And I was still doing 
what I really loved and I said from the time I was five I wanted to do um so it was difficult like we'll talk when we talk to the wives like you'll she'll tell the real story but it's way more difficult on them than it is on like me Mm -hmm. right like they had to follow me around and travel and for me if I got traded released I was playing for another team tomorrow you know what I mean it was like they had to pack up the place they had to move they had to do all that and they had to meet me wherever I was at so um like the sacrifice that that they had to make made the humility on my side like having to just be humble with with your tail between your legs and just go do it you know it was it was uh uh, I felt like I owed that to to them, to my parents. To it wasn't just me, you know what I mean. And, and, and that's kind of goes along the lines of what you said. And wow. and then at the end, it all works out, you know. Um, if you are, I, I, I guess, true to true what you believe in and, and your work ethic and, and whatever it is, if you find a group of people like you have, yeah, it just kind of makes it all worth it. So, it's, yeah, uh, and that's, I mean, that's it. Is, uh. I think that's really what's uh, your guys is your story and your story of how you came up and Brad's story. As I've listened to him, like I'm like, man, I don't really have much of a story. But then, as you kind of pry it out of me, I'm like, you know, I, I might have not had the same struggles as you or as you or as Tanner or Brad, um, but it's my story, and you know, I know I felt a certain way, and you know, what? I got myself out of that. So. If you uh, didn't fail. Or put yourself out there, you know. You failed, and then you put yourself out there to get a job. And that's really what it is, man, is putting yourself out there. Because you're putting yourself out there, and there's a good chance you're going to fail. And there's so many times I put myself out there and I fail. But if you don't keep doing it and doing it, then you won't succeed, right? So one thing I want to touch is how important is it for a podcaster, let's say, that wants to start a podcast? What would be the right reasons to start a podcast and the wrong reasons? Um, The wrong reasons, I would say, is money. So if somebody gets in it because they want to make money? Um, I guess... Like, money is not the complete wrong reason. But if someone, I feel like you lose a lot of that passion, the passion that and that comes through, like, recording when you're only doing it for money. Yeah. So, like, one thing that really hit me with Andy Stump's podcast. Yeah. You know, and even John Dudley's. Like, John Dudley doesn't make any money. Like, he doesn't have any, if you listen to his knock on archery, archery podcast, he makes no money. Yeah. He doesn't have any sponsors. He's the sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy started his just for a medium to get his thoughts and feelings out there, interview cool people. And then it's turned into something yeah. for him. And, and I like that. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm like, totally cool with that, too. That's great karma. That's great vibes. Yeah. like I really like his message. I think he deserves it. He totally has a great audience. He's... You know, and for you, like, why did, like, for me, I wanted to start a podcast and Cody kind of, like, I remember him sitting there saying, like, I kind of want to start a podcast. I'm like, really? 
So do I. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the way it happened, like we were, I, think we were, I don't remember what, who we were talking about, but I was like, dude, we, I've been talking about a podcast for like years and I've just never found the time to do it or, or the really, I guess, desire enough to start it. And he's like, wait, me too. But they won't let me. <laughs> <laughs> like I was, it was happening. Like I had a name for it. Oh, I had, I, was, I found, there was some stuff on my phone that I was looking at the other night of like. Names, right? Logos that me and Brock, Brock would call me and talk to me for like 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> about logos. And he would like talk to me about a logo and he's like, how good are you at logos? I'm like, Brock, I'm terrible at logos. We'll try to design this for me. It's these <laughs> snakes and it's going around this staff. And I'm like, Brock, like, you do not hear me. I'm not very good at logos. It the was snake, a snake pit. The, the yeah. snake pit. That was the name of the podcast. Yeah. It didn't work out. Uh, I failed. Uh, the snake pit. Yeah, because it got kiboshed. It got Because <laughs> I thought business was like being in a snake pit. Yeah. You got but, like all these snakes trying to like go after you. I never thought you were crazy though. Like I never, like I'd, I'd walk into the, the kitchen and my wife would be like, who's that? That was Brock. Oh, podcast again i'm like yep yeah, that's what we were talking about <laughs> and she's like what well, what was it at this time and i mean i'm so glad that you finally sat down and did this and that you did it with cody because um i could just tell that it was you know it was a something that like you desired to do this yeah and like you knew it. you i knew you weren't doing it for the money and so i'm like that's great and i think that's the i'm good with people making money along the way but i i I really think it reflects in the podcast. If you can tell someone that comes out of the gate thinking they're going to make money right away. And how about those podcasts you listen to that don't have a sponsor yet, but they have a spot dedicated for the sponsor. And like, they're like one moment as we listen to our sponsor and then it goes right to, and, and so we're back and we're yeah. back. Yeah. It's okay. And it's like somebody will get there. Yeah. You know, but I realized like, they could pick up a sponsor later on, and these podcasts, people listen to them randomly, right? Like, they find it, and they listen to it. So they could add a sponsor. Yeah. But, like, obviously, I won't do that here. Well, my wife started, uh, she didn't get very far into it because her partner that she did the podcast with had some health issues and some, um, but my wife started a podcast, and she wanted to do, like, a mom podcast a few years ago. That's cool. And it was very cool. Um Within like the first week, though, she's like, hey, what if, um, and she's like, she would follow these bloggers and these vloggers and social media people. Vloggers. Yeah. And she'd be like, they're sponsored by Ziploc. How much money do you think they make? I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, well, that'd be such a cool sponsor. We can always use Ziploc bags. I'm like, <laughs> but, you just want Ziploc bags? <laughs> but like, it's a cool concept, though. Think like in today's world, like sure. podcasting is a huge medium for. Oh, it's the way of the future. It is. For sure. I mean, like, when I drive, I drive a lot. It's, I pull up my podcast and then listen to them. Yeah. How about you, Cody? I haven't listened to the radio in a long time. Like, it's it's been kind of. I never listen to the radio. I get in the truck and it, like, I'll have one on. And then, you know, when it connects or whatever, it, it pops back on. Mm -hmm. And I never change it. Like, I, it just keeps rolling through, like, whatever was on. And then something new will pop up that. What somebody started. And I think but I got like, what, 35, 40 minutes over the facility every day and back, and it's I mean, get through one a day usually that come in there back. Yeah. So. What's cool about podcasting is like you really can listen to whatever you want. Like whatever you can think of, 
has probably been podcasted mm-hmm. about. Like yeah. crime thrillers. I had a really cool one I listened to, and we were, you were just talking about Andy Stump. And I, ha- I have not listened to a lot of Andy's. Um, and a few months ago, I was driving back from Lake Havasu. And it was late. I was tired. And something popped up on Andy's social media that he had interviewed a police officer that got, um, that got let go for, view- for voicing his opinion on COVID. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And That's a... Yikes. <laughs> and I, I listened to that podcast, and I was like, good for you, Andy. And because I like Andy just got into it with this guy and not like didn't wasn't like trying to fight him. But he's like, hey, tell us why you got fired. Yeah. Like and I mean, <laughs> if I had call if I called you and said like, hey, man, why'd you get fired from the uh, from the Orioles last week? <laughs> like you'd probably be like, uh, well, I would have told you exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, this is this guy that was like all well, over the media and look online. Here's my numbers. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. <laughs> look at my numbers. <laughs> look at my numbers. See my batting average? It's really bad. Although it's better than Jake Lamb's. <laughs> Why do you keep bringing that guy up? Hey, Jake Lamb listen, is horrible. Hold on. He's horrible. Hold on and had I, I have to defend this guy. He went over to the A's after he was released from here, after yeah. our podcast, right? Yeah. Did you see what he did for them? No. He did really I well. I don't follow him. Well, he did well, really well. He did well so for bad them. for they the Diamondbacks, and I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> like sometimes you're in a bad environment. Oh yeah, he probably it's like, so, did like no, and I don't mean the Diamondbacks are a bad environment. What I mean is sometimes you need a change of scenery as a as a player, as a as a in a business yeah. in whatever. And sometimes that just, Fresh I mean, believe start. me, where I work right now, like the people there are amazing. Yeah, that is. Like what I'm saying is, it's not like he might have just needed a, a different. It's not different people around him. Yeah, you know and what? That brings up a good point. Like, just because somebody wants to quit or needs to change the scenery or whatever, mm-hmm. doesn't mean the old place was bad. <laughs> right? Doesn't mean or it was that, a bad culture bad. or that they're bad. It just didn't didn't work together. They could yeah. be just in a really bad rut. Yeah, and. Like maybe, and there's the mental thing. Baseball is so well, mental. Without a doubt. Without that a doubt. Just him going to a new clubhouse, new club teammates, right? Yeah. New set of confidence because batting, it's all about confidence. And you know, business is like my salesman. If you go in desperate, the customer can sniff you out. Oh yeah. Sniff you out, and then they know they can just take you. And it scares them too. I think that it goes everywhere, them. though, man. Like, I mean, the confidence and the belief—like, it—it's in everything. It's, it's crazy in, it's that in business. It's in sales. It's in playing. It's in talking on this podcast. You know, it—it's everywhere. Like, if you can come across as somebody that's confident and not cocky and arrogant, and and I mean, you know, a real person. Yeah. But I think you have to be confident too. Like all successful people have that kind of aura about them yeah like you know what i mean and i don't mean that in a bad way i just mean it's like you can tell Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and you need to carry yourself in that manner and you can tell when people are defeated you can tell when people aren't confident you can tell when people are are looking or desperate for for something yep that's true (coughs) i appreciate that they really brought up some good playing the game like (laughs) tips that's right Sorry, Jake. 
Oh. Side note. We're back. We're oh, back yeah, with Jake. <laughs> We're back with Jake. So Cole. I feel like the wrong reason's money. I wrong feel like, reason's money. Uh, I, why I started my podcast, I think it all goes back to connections. And um, I didn't care if those connections made me money. Um, I didn't care if it made me friends. But, like, I wanted to know more about something. So, and you, so you went into the Dirty Dooner as I want to learn more about the off-road community. Mm-hmm. That's I wanted cool. to know how I wanted to know how it worked. I wanted to knew, know. I wanted. I mean, I was really interested in how people made their money to afford this kind of shit <laughs> stuff. Like, yeah, that's fine. No, it's shit. It yeah, did. Like, I that was the big thing. Is I was like, how is homie rolling a two hundred thousand dollar boat and a two hundred thousand dollar sand car, and like I'm pretty sure that he sells tires. I am, he sells listen, tires. Yeah, like, listen, I am right on board with trying to figure that out. Yeah, like we. Two hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that's a lot of money. It's really nice. I sent you a picture of one the other day. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Pavati or something oh, like that. Oof. Dude, I'm like, what is this boat? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. good. I'm not wearing basketball shorts right now. Sorry. Oh, that's <laughs> weird. That's weird. What's going on here? <laughs> the in the pants. <laughs> the pleat. The pleat. They're pleated. <laughs> but yeah. that, I mean, that was my main thing. That was I was like, man, how, how you know. I, I wasn't envious or jealous of these people, but I'm like, what, what ticked, what, what light switch did they turn on that this money started flowing or what amount of this is on a credit line or, you know, <laughs> how like, debt are they? how in debt are they? Like, I was curious. I really was. And, um, and I've gotten a really good insight of that. Like I some could, are probably, some got coin. Some do. And it'll surprise you. You know, some of the, some of the guys like that I know that are very sick, some of the guys I know that have some of the nicest toys and have some of the, the nicest houses, like, their jobs are not glamorous. Like, that's yeah. why I brought up selling tires. Like, yeah. but that's how they made their money. That's what they're going to pass on to their kids. Yeah. And, you know, that's how they do this thing that they enjoy so much, this yeah. hobby. And some of them have made livings at, at doing that as well. So I was just really interested in that. And I'm like, all right, if I could, if I can pick this guy's brain just a little bit, you know, it's going to put me in a better place. You know so. what? Um, some people see people as success and they get jealous. Mm-hmm. Or they say that's because they're parents. Or they, they make excuses why this people, these people have what they have or, you know, make what they make. And the truth is, you went into it with the right idea. Learn from these people. Mm-hmm. Learn what they did. And, you know, maybe you could apply that to your life. And honestly, when I meet someone successful, I want to do the same thing. Like, when I met Cody, I, I picked his brain. Like, and I want to know. I want to know what drives people. And that's kind of the reason why I started this podcast is because I want to hear the different stories of everyone has a story. You know, whatever story it may be, everyone has one where they came from. And I want to hear, I don't even care what it is. Just curious. And I think people's stories are more interesting than they think they are. You know, I was talking to my cousin today and he has a successful welding company. He's a hunter. He's a, to me, <clears throat> he fits the description of what I'm trying to portray here, that we are trying to portray. Sorry, Cody. And Cody has a lot of people, too. But, you know, my cousin, like, 
he didn't think he was he qualified. I'm like, dude, you qualify, man. Yeah. There's a lot of people like that. You know, I'll ask them. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, surround yourself with those people and, and learn from them. And that's yeah. – you can learn from anybody, though. I mean, they don't they don't even have to be successful. You can learn still why they're not successful. That's true. You know I mean? Learn from their failures. I mean, really. Um, yeah. But, like, so many people that I've approached about, hey, come on the podcast. What am I going to talk about? Yeah. doesn't matter. Talk about you. Like, we'll just sit down and talk. Like, just go back and forth, and it'll come out. Like, you're a good speaker, you know. Yeah. Like, you're you're good at conversation. It's it's perfect. Somebody will listen, and they're driving down the road, and they'll listen to it. And if it helps one person out, cool. That's all. If we can reach one person. Each time. Each time. <laughs> Not just one. No, maybe <laughs> we, we gain one listener each time. By the 100 podcasts, we'll have 100 people listening. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, <laughs> if we only have 100 after 100 podcasts, we're, we're in trouble, bud. No, you're we'll not. We no, keep going. I'm actually kidding. Yeah. We're going to grind it out. Just like. That's all I know how to do. We just grind. Maybe a 1,000 podcasts will actually accomplish something. One of the biggest confidence boosters was for me is like I, I talked about when COVID hit, like I didn't have time to do the podcast and I didn't release podcast for four months. Wow. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't release podcast for four months and I, dude, I was down. I'm like, can I do this anymore? Like, are people, am I dead? And I hadn't looked at my, the other thing you shouldn't start podcasts for stats or followers. I don't think that's, that's a wrong way to start it. But I went and I looked at, I hadn't looked at my stats for four months and I went and I looked at my stats before I was getting ready to drop the next one after four months. And in the four months of not dropping a podcast, I had 30,000 listens. Wow. On all my old stuff. And I was like, People are just whoa. going through your old stuff. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, like, I wish I would have seen this three months ago. <laughs> like, and I told, my, I, I told my wife, I'm like, look at this. And she's like, that doesn't mean much to me. And I said. <laughs> the <laughs> typical wife. Yeah, she's like, that doesn't mean wife. much. <laughs> and she goes, she said, where were you at before you, you kind of stopped? And I was like, I was at this number. And she's like, really? She's like, how do you know that? And I was like, oh, I screenshotted it. And See, she's doubting you. Yeah, she, well, she, she doubted. She was doubting me a little bit. Yeah, but that's my wife's like, always been supportive. So Supportive, but also my wife has a way to, when you think you're up here, <laughs> let me show you that you're not. <laughs> let me cut your legs off first, and then we'll talk. I can't wait for Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really can't. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be fun. Oh, dude. I want to hey, get her going. Hey, honey, like. Uh, 30,000. You know it would be better? 100,000. Don't talk to me until you get that much. <laughs> like, I remember I showed her, like, something I did. I was like, hey, look at this. I don't care. It's <laughs> <was> like, okay. <laughs> cool. Anyways, thanks. 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 Talk to you later. <laughs> I'm busy. I got, what do you want? <laughs> That's my favorite. I call her. And, like, telling her something I did at work. Is this really that important? Like, I got the kid. I got stuff to do. I was like, yeah. Goodbye. I'm at the grocery store. The baby's trying to grab stuff off the off the the shelves. Okay, I'll let you go. Fine. Sorry. You're fine. Sorry for yeah. telling you I did something today. I don't care about what you did. <laughs> she doesn't want to hear you brag. Just get home in time. Stop bragging. So you, yeah. She just want to hear me brag. That's <laughs> we don't sure. need to hear you brag, bud. Yeah. You know what? Call somebody else when you want to brag. <laughs> no, she's great. My wife supported me too. So my wife's very supportive. So Anyone thinks differently. 
I wouldn't be here without her. We all wouldn't be here for sure. <laughs> and we're having them on the podcast Friday, and that'll be interesting. I mean, I I'm definitely gonna listen to that one because <laughs> I I will. I yeah. <laughs> I am definitely interested to hear Taryn's side of the story and also your wife's side of the story because. Two different backgrounds. Yeah, that might be like a two-hour. I, I really have to think cut it in like, half. We might have to do two episodes. I really do think that there's going to be a lot of similarities, though. Like, you know, in, pissed in, off wife. No, <laughs> I, I I think in the like in the early stages, mm-hmm. I, I I bet you that there's a lot of similarities in what they say. You know what? When I was talking to wife today, because she said this week, what am I going to say? I was like, doesn't matter. Hey, I'll tell you. So I'll tell go. you what to say so yeah, that yeah. I look good. I'm going to okay. hold up a card. <laughs> Here's a side <laughs> ball. <laughs> Brock's awesome. <laughs> so he's my favorite person in the world. She, like, yeah. So I just went over, like, well, we're going to go over, like, how, like, how it started and, like, maybe what were your thoughts on it? Like, how did you feel about it? What gave us a good environment? What could you teach somebody else? Yeah, I could totally see this. You're going to be like, all right, Taryn, name one word that describes me. It's going to be like family feud, and she's just going to be like, wiener. Wiener. Oscar Mayer. I might write a couple of family feud questions for this thing, just for fun. One one game you don't want to play with my friends is the newlywed game. That will always create a fight amongst one of the couples. (laughs) Somebody is leaving pissed. Like, don't ever invite me for that. Awkward, pissed. No, we're gonna invite you. I'm not playing because <laughs> you just told me I don't want to play. So why would I come and play? No, not you. Like, you're gonna want to see the other couples fight. Oh, if we can watch it, then I'm like, in. there was spectator sport. There was the answer. Was the like, audience. What's your favorite um, melon? And you know, like, you have to guess what the other one's gonna say. And the wife says, pineapple. <laughs> if that created a fight, that's her fault. Sorry. <laughs> I said watermelon. Pineapple's not even a fight. <laughs> Pineapple's not even a melon. melon. <laughs> See, I'm dyslexic. There you go. <laughs> we went off on a tangent. I'm going to get lectured about that by my studio manager, which is my wife. She t- told me not to go off on tangents. I was supposed to get better. Oh, well. Yeah, but tangents We're only are a few okay. in. Tangents are okay. Tangent. We're only at like the eighth one. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Anyways. Eighth tangent? So <laughs> if you do it for the money, wrong. If you do it for a passion, good. Yep. That's, that's, and that's just my opinion. I totally agree with you. What do you think, Cody? Yeah. I think anything you do with, uh, for passion or for a reason like that other than money, it, you're probably going to have a better end result and i totally want to do this for like a couple of years cody's wanted to do this for a couple of years it just i've wanted to do it for a lot of years i, I got shut down like i said <laughs> and you know when i met cody he's like i want to do a podcast i'm like you know what no longer shut down you can't stop me now <laughs> that's what i said <laughs> he, he did say that you can't he, stop me and then he goes i think i'm gonna have to clear it with a couple of people first <laughs> <laughs> i didn't tell him till after i bought all the equipment and then he, yeah and then he called and he goes I got the equipment ordered. I was like, what equipment are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, podcast. We're podcast. Doing it tomorrow. <laughs> well, and then right. I, I was like, hey, Brad, um, I'm starting a podcast. 
Um, I would like to have you on it. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a great way to approach it. Be the guest. Yeah, that's first a perfect guest. way to approach so it. So here is the, I actually told him, I think after we had made a logo, we might have aired one or two. <laughs> we might have. <laughs> I don't we, think we aired them. I think we, we recorded, recorded them already. Yeah. And then we're like, hey, so I need to clear this with you. It's <laughs> kind of already going. I don't even, like, we came up with a name. Like, I don't know. I was mowing the yard. Yeah. And I text him. I'm like, playing the game. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, podcast name. He's like, what's it mean? I was like, I don't know. Play the game. Well, you don't like of life, pit? of business, yeah. whatever. Just play the game. Yeah, I like it. I we like, don't like to lose. We don't, we, don't, we don't lose, even if we have to grind it out to win it. And then he's like, I'm going to work on a logo. And like, two days later, he sent one. I was like, I'm really sweet. surprised there was no snakes on it. <laughs> There's a lot of snakes involved with the first podcast. I gotta, I gotta look for this. Uh, I gotta I'm glad find there's this. not. I wish we were videoing I this. Paid so we somebody, could show I paid somebody. I shouldn't tell anybody this, but I then paid, don't. don't. Yeah, don't. okay, stop. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you when we hit unrecord. The stop. green button. Yeah. So, Jake, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. I love your story. And uh, it's an honor to have you on. It's an honor to have you as a friend and also to work with you because I think you do a great job for us. And really appreciate you. And um, I guess it's so. I got a curveball for the. Uh, oh, you were thinking about it. The uh, I told you I'd think about this during the podcast. And it's I, interesting. You can talk and think. It's weird. The wife doesn't think. Because normally can you can't that. even talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I can't stop thinking, right? <laughs> or thinking about unnecessary things. But I'm gonna have Tanner do our thing and this actually what is it our uh, tip of the week this is like a close subject to me Tanner our family um, also some close friends of ours so you just and I'm not afraid to say this on air Tanner just got out of the program and I'm really proud of him. I want to tell everybody on air that I'm really proud of Tanner. He chose this program on his own. And he went to it on his own. He found it himself. Went to it himself. He finished it. And um, I want to tell I want you to know that I'm really proud of you. And um, I want this program you went to. The reason why I'm having you talk about it is because it's more prevalent it's really prevalent people don't know where to go get help and they're afraid to get help and not willing to admit it and why did this program work for you over maybe the other programs what made this program great so this program was a what kind of program was it it's a it's a eight Push that thing up there. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Is it AA-based program? 12-step program? So it's for people with addictions, right? Addictions, yeah. Alcoholism, addiction. So what... Because <laughs> you've been to a couple, mm-hmm. and I feel like you've made some huge strides with this one. And it wasn't that long. Why would... Compared to the other ones you've been to... I would say that the previous programs that I went to, you know, each time I gained something from them. Um, even the first one when I just wasn't ready to change. 
Um, second one sort of helped me grow up a little bit. Um, but this one, you know, I would say that when I went in, I started going to the AA rooms when I was still using. <clears throat> and I was so hopeless that the only hope I found was in the other people in the room. Um, and I saw my buddy Bill, and he was picking up his two years. And looking at the happiness in his face, because he went through the ranch with me, yeah, he was never happy before. <laughs> I was like, I remember you telling me that. he I, built I, my <laughs> Bill built he, my chicken pen. Yeah, Bill's yeah. a great guy. I love Bill. Um, and yeah, I just saw the happiness in his face, and then, um, and you know, I was. I knew I needed to make a different change, you know, um, but I just didn't know what to do. And he just, he recommended Chandler Valley Hope for me. Um, that's where he went. Um, and I think, I think seeing a close buddy of mine achieve that happiness and that serenity, let me know that that was possible. And that I could find that. And I say, I always say, like, when you're going up against this problem, it's very common for families or the addict or alcoholic to want to undershoot what is necessary to overcome it. Because they don't know how much it takes to overcome it. Yeah. So, you know, people just want to do a detox People just want to do the shortest thing possible. Well, yeah, you don't want to take away from your yeah. life, right? Like You don't want yeah. You just spent two years in the ranch getting clean. Like, why would you want to go to another program? Yeah, exactly. You, you've already missed out on so much of life because of the destruction that addiction causes. Yeah. And it's like, I'm behind the eight ball already. Why would I want to step out on this? Um. So I always relate it to a fight. It's like if I was going to go fight Cody, I'm not going to just think that this guy's weak and just like start pulling my punches and not show up, right? <laughs> I'm going to freaking drain the tank on him, right? <laughs> drain the tank on him. <laughs> and that's the way it has to be with addiction and alcoholism. And just a little affinity you didn't look at me and say, I'm going to drain the tank on this guy. I'm like, <laughs> but that's, but I, what I mean by that, too, is that he, I don't care if he's 105 pounds. You don't just show up to a fight and just think that he's not going to land something good on you. And it's over. I mean, look at some of the MMA, MMA fighters, you know? Yeah, They'll drop it. you real freaking quick. Mm. Yeah, so. But that's addiction. Like, so, you're. it's like you come into a fight, and you're like, oh, I got this. Like, I'm just going to, you do like a sidekick here, and then you get laid out again. Yeah. And so, and addiction will do that to you. I mean, each, you know, you the more you show up to a the more you learn about it, the more you see guys with 30, 40 years. Um, and you just got to surround yourself. It's like you guys talking about with business. You got to surround yourself with winners. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, the reason why I think ranch was hard for me is coming out of that, you know, that fellowship that you have kind of goes away. Yeah. You, now you're on your own. Now you're right? on your own. Yeah. Um, now I'm not on my own. No, I have the AA rooms. So you're back to the ranch, kind of like brotherhood. Yeah, but you can do it on your own time. You don't have. You're not there 24 hours a day. Well, you, I, it's a, a it's a meeting a day. Yeah, or whatever. It could be three meetings a day if you need that. 
but you have a sponsor, you work the steps. I just, it's a matter of attitude and how bad do you want it. For me, I think getting three and a half years of clean time and then building up my life, having a lot of things that I wanted, and then all of that disappearing in a very short time, um, that was three months. That was crazy how fast it kind of... And it's because this disease is a progressive illness that gets worse each time. Well, if you don't think of it as a disease, it's like you said, you're undershooting it, you're downplaying the problem. Like, if you had cancer, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take some ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and people don't realize that. And so I, I would say that, <clears throat> you know... And why, and why did Chandler Hope, Hope of Chandler... Chandler diff- Valley Hope. Yeah, sorry. Chandler Valley Why is that different? And was, why would you recommend it to somebody? Um, it was different for me because I knew I... You had a buddy that went there. I you wanted that. I would, I would tell people to start off by going to the meetings. You'd say, go to the meetings. Go to the meetings. And then if you're not ready, you're not going to be ready. And then... You have to then, be ready. Then you're going to go find some more pain, and then maybe one day you'll be ready. But go there. Take the advice from the old people. If you want to get clean and you can't stop using, but you're showing up to meetings every day, then go check yourself in. Where? You can go to Chandler Valley Hope. There's a lot of programs that work great. Well, what's cool about me, this, your insurance took it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... I think my out-of-pocket cost was like 2800 bucks, So that's fairly cheap. My first rehab was $20,000. So, um, but, you know, it, it's just a great environment. The people there, most of them are addicts or alcoholics. That's the counselors, the behavioral therapists, some of the nurses. You know, the charge nurse has like 18 years of sobriety, and she was a junkie. Yeah. And so it's cool to see that as well. Yeah. Like she's a NP. My counselor is an NP. Um and it's it's cool because that all of that gives you hope because you go in there pretty much in the worst state of your life. It was either I was going to kill myself or the net or I was going to go check in. And <laughs> and honestly, Good killing choice. myself was sounding pretty appealing. You know, but. people need to understand, like, um, having suicidal thoughts sometimes is peaceful. It's it's kind of yeah. scary how peaceful it is. For sure. And it's it's hard because it's a selfish thought. But, you know, when, when somebody's gone through that misery, because it, it... It doesn't seem know. selfish. Also, for families of addicts... Um, I recommend watching the movie Pleasures Unwoven because it kind of breaks down addiction and it breaks down the the way the brain functions in yeah. addiction and explains why it's a disease and why maybe your family member actually loves you but he can't stop using. Yeah. No, I, I've always known you love me. I just, you know, I went through my own process of, you know, grief or whatever, so. But, at the end of the day, proud of you, man. Thanks. You did a great thing, a hard thing, a path less taken. Yeah. Because you chose only, that. Only on 10% your own. of alcoholic addicts ever actually get treatment. Yeah. And that's.
pretty sad to think about. You know, Brad's story, he was an addict, and the odds of somebody actually doing that is, like, rare. What Less he did. than 1%. Yeah, so, like, what he was able to do is, like, super uncommon. But I appreciate you telling your story. I plan on having you on later on, and you can we can dive into it more. But I just wanted you to give a, you know, if anyone's listening out there and um, needs help, you know, like, you're not alone. I want, like, that's a big thing. You're not alone. Like, I remember when... Tanner had his problems and it felt like I was alone. Didn't know who to talk to. There's also Al-Anon for family members. Yeah. And that's good because like family members don't know how to act, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and, or they, you know, it's really common for family members to say, well, you know, my kid's different. And the truth is he's not. You know, I had to learn that the hard way. Like, I gave excuses for Tanner, like, big time. So, um, yeah, I think we'll end it's on good that. good to see Tanner tonight, man. I was <laughs> really excited Tanner was here. <laughs> well, it's kind of, like, random. He came to give me a birthday present. I was like, you want to sit on the podcast? Yeah. We're going to podcast. He's like, okay. <laughs> Sweet. I'll try anything five times. <laughs> <laughs> For everybody listening, I'm also an addict. <laughs> Diet Coke. Diet Coke. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, my when wife, I, when I walk through his door, flats. like it looks like two Costco pallets of Diet Coke are in there. So it's five. Well, that's it's five. First, how am I supposed sure. to, like... He's an addict. How am I supposed to, like, get over this addiction <laughs> when my... One of my friends from Idaho exactly. drops off 28 flats of Diet Coke. 38 flats of Diet Coke for my birthday. Oh, dude. I I've, I bought a truck from you a year ago, <laughs> and two months ago I was like finally got to underneath the back seats and like behind the back seats, and I found the last Diet Coke can. Are you sure it's the last one, dude? I'm positive. He's like I've cleaned I this am thing positive. Out for, I've, I've, I've that, I mean steps. I cleaned it. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I this is how bad my addiction is. Like I was on a hunt, and my guide's truck like on the third day I opened the door and like Diet Coke cans are falling out. Wow. Like, oh my gosh, this is. It would be a train wreck if you picked up alcohol. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So the wife today is like, so is Diet Coke like a real addiction for you? I was like, yeah. Are you serious? I will answer that for you. It's definite. It's a 100% yes. You don't need to go to Chandler Valley Road, though. (laughs) I can function. Yeah. Well, Well, you, you uh, you could do a 12 step. I could definitely do that. Like, it's really bad. When I'm asking, like, I'm agreeing, <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> disagreeing. Like, I have to stop and get the some. The funny thing is, I guess not fun. Whatever, the, <laughs> the whatever funny. thing is, every single time somebody's around, they know. <laughs> oh, it's, dude, dude, you know the other night, the, they just buy you a picture. There you go. So <laughs> to a couple glasses at Deseret right? at time. The, uh, I mean, at our Wild Country Outfitters, I'm known as DC up there. <laughs> they ran out. Of, they ran out of Diet Coke the first time I was up there, so I brought like a 24 pack for when they ran out. And did they run out? Yes. And then I was prepared. And then you ran out of the 24 <laughs> probably on one day. Well, <laughs> well, two, two days. Yeah, 12 a day. Wow. 
It's so I don't even want to go into what happened. Taryn lost her crap on me about how many Diet Cokes I was drinking on the vacation. I'm like, I'm on vacation. Like, are we gonna get into this on vacation? Like, why drink more on vacation? (laughs) (laughs) It's impossible to drink more. Hey, I I'm proud of myself because it's taken two full weeks to go through one flat of Diet Coke. How much has were, that been supplemented on. by he was, QT? He was gone okay, though. for a week. Say what you say. It really was a day. Say what you want to say. Don't leave out the fact he cleaned out a 7-Eleven. <laughs> well, it sucks when the cute, like, there's, you know, the convenience store you normally go to. They start running out. You're like, you guys are going to restock these things. <laughs> like, no, it's you. You've been I'm in here four re- times. We re- restock it every day. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to another place now. See ya. I'm going to run them out. And then I'll come back here when they're done. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Cody, you got any last comments? No. It's good. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Jake, you're awesome. Tanner, thanks for Tanner, you chiming too, in. Thanks. Appreciate you coming. Thank and you. And can't wait to hear you guys talk to you guys next week. That's right. See ya. Later.